This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on off the first in time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings. Now here's your host Gary Hill. Time once again for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here once again. Unfortunately, we have a loss to talk about as the Mariners fall in game one to the Texas Rangers in a season where the margin for error is almost completely evaporated. The Mariners go down and cannot take advantage of things falling right for them. Yankees beating the Twins yesterday 5-2. to two. Also, the Angels losing to Cleveland 6-3 to yesterday. So in those terms, things went well, but the Mariners could not take advantage, and they lose to the Rangers. M's come into today four back now after losing four in a row of Minnesota. Texas has jumped over the M's now, three and a half back. The Angels still one and a half back. The Twins and Angels have both lost two games in a row. For the Mariners... Yesterday, Mike Leak took the mound again, and he was outstanding. Seager, the lone man on the left side, the 2-2 on the way. Swing and a miss for strike three. Another off-speed pitch, and it gets two back-to-back strikeouts for Mike Leak, who just continues to get better as this one goes on. He's off to a fine start here in the sixth. Uh, I mean, felt like things were rolling pretty well. Uh, Mike was doing a great job on the plate, calling great pitches. And I think, I mean, it's it's, it's fun to work with him. It's, it seems like it's going to be a... A good relationship. You get that double play with the dive from Gamble yeah, in the first yeah. inning, and get out of that. And I think you want a little bit of a run there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are game-saving plays right there, and um, to double them up at first was even bigger. He certainly did his job. Six and two-thirds, six hits, one earned run, no walks, and five strikeouts. Vincent gives up a couple runs in the eighth inning. Texas takes the lead. They don't look back. They win three to one. But it was a night where. Mariners had some opportunities, but not many. They could not get the offense in gear against Texas. Here's the pitch. Bunt is shown. A throw back to third base. Alonzo way off the bag. Snap tag put down by Robinson. And Alonzo is out. Chirinos heads up throw and play to third base. And the Mariners' threat takes a big-time blow. Just six hits in this one for the M's. And Texas wins 3-1. to one. Here's what the skipper had to say. Yeah, you know, uh, Kierman was trying to, uh, you know, try to push a ball towards first base. And, you know, he did the right thing. He didn't, didn't get a strike. But, you know, we got a little too aggressive um, coming down third baseline. And, you know, um, you know just didn't execute uh, the play. But, uh, you know, we didn't get much going offensively. And I thought Mike Leak was, again, outstanding. 
give us uh, exactly what we needed, kept us right in the ball game there. We struggled to get much going against Perez, obviously. And, um, you know, it was kind of the story of the game. It's going to come down to one run here or there. We just kind of had the feeling of that game, uh, that type of game. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we were on the, on the wrong side of it. Um, you know, disappointing night, obviously, um, you know, a chance to, to gain ground uh, in this race. And you lose another day. You don't lose ground, but you lose a day. And uh, that's a big thing right now. So, um, can't do anything about this one tonight. We've got to come back tomorrow. We've got to get going offensively again, kind of like we were in Texas um, before Houston shut us down. And you know, we've got to get after it tomorrow night. But, um, you know, tough one to lose. Um, we just didn't get enough going offensively to keep much pressure on them. Nick hasn't been as sharp, you know, with his location. That's how he does it, with the deception and, and the, the cut fastball. And, and he's missed uh, location a little bit, just hasn't quite had the deception or life on the ball. But he has been our guy. You know, we wouldn't even be in this spot if it wasn't for him and the job that he's done throughout the year. And, and being our eighth inning guy and locking it down, certainly against you know right-handed hitters, it was the right spot for him in the game. Like I said, that's been his spot all year. Uh, you know, Gomez with the the leadoff pinch hit double, you know, right down the line. They executed the bunt perfectly. Um, you know, it was they made the plays at the end of the game, and, and obviously we didn't. So, um, yeah, but Vinny's had a, a great year for us. It's just the last couple of times out, it's been a little bit of a struggle for him. Scott, you tried the safety squeeze. It was just figuring that. Yeah, if it's a strike, you know, I'm sure uh, G puts it down, um, and, and the underscore is easy. But wasn't a strike; he did the right thing of, of backing off it. But again, you know, Yonder got a little bit too aggressive, you know, down the line, and, and they made a play on us. So, uh, you know, it's a uh, point in the game and where we were at. Thought it was worth a gamble. Um, like I said, already did the right thing. We should not bunt that ball unless it is a strike. We just got too aggressive off the base. It's tough too. I mean, you have Alonzo, and he, he is not your most fleet of foot guy. But it's still, it's a tie game. If you don't get it there, you'd have him out of lineup. If you went to a pinch runner, I mean, is that why you didn't? Oh, you know, there's a lot of things you could play out there. Again, if you if you execute it uh, and it works, you know, everybody's saying, hey, what a great play, you know. And, and uh, I thought it was worth a gamble at that point in the game. One pitch. We had it on for one pitch. And, you know, we just got, like I said, a little bit too far down the line, a little too aggressive. And, and uh, their catcher, heads up, you know, made a smart play and a good throw. But, uh, again, you know, ball game like that, you know, uh, it's going to come down to one run either way. You know, we just didn't get it done tonight. And we're getting down to it now. So today, morning baseball. So we'll know how the Twins have done by the time there's first pitch at Safeco Field. Bartolo Colon will take on Severino, who has been one of the best pitchers in the American League. 13-6, and six, a 2.93 ERA, 10.05 first pitch from the Bronx. Twins and the Yankees this morning. The other game, of course, we'll be watching closely. The Angels back in action tonight. Cleveland. In L.A., Nolasco against Tomlin, game two of that series. Cleveland looking for their 95th win. And then Felix Hernandez takes the mound against the Rangers tonight. Andrew Kashner has been very good. So Mariners and Rangers, 7-10 first pitch, game two of this series. The Mariners badly needing this one in the worst way. Start doing the math, running out of games in the season, running out of time to make a final push for the playoff spot, and they've got to get these next two games against the Texas Rangers. So Felix Hernandez on the mound, then Cleveland comes in for three, and that's it. The home slate is finished for the season. So Felix on the hill against the Texas Rangers tonight. See you at Safeco Field. Catching up with Mike Leake, and Mike, uh, it's been fun to watch so far. It seems like almost seamless. 
you coming over here, but I, I know it's never that easy when you make a move that quick. And one of the things that really kind of got me was we were on the road when the deal was m- made, and I'm reading the reports out of St. Louis, and you're like, I'm pitching Friday. I'm going to start. You just wanted to get right in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as a, as a starter, I mean, you you want to just want to get, get going on your fifth day, and you want to get back into the rhythm of things. And um, obviously it was a slight whirlwind of, of events that occurred, so, I mean, Probably getting out there and getting accustomed to the new team was probably the best thing to do and, and get get the mind going in that direction. It's always kind of a weird thing. When you're waiting and they get home, you're already there, and then all of a sudden you go out and you're probably making introductions on the field. Yeah, it was. I mean, <laughs> Seeger and I were actually making a joke about it. Uh, it's kind of weird that we're doing, doing an interview process during a game. But uh, it's... Uh, Sometimes it's part of the game and part of the, the process of, of going to new teams. And fortunately, they've, they've the players and the coaches and everybody around here have made it seamless for myself. And it, it definitely makes it easier for myself to uh, adapt. Now you come into the new team and, yeah. you know, you know what you are as a pitcher. How do you kind of uh, get the rest of your team, get your catcher on board with that, kind of get into it? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, I don't know everything. I mean, I mean, there's still lots to learn from from everybody around here I mean that's the type of person I am so as, as quickly as you can com- start communicating and learning how to communicate with each other uh, in particular for myself would be working with Mike and Chooch, um, Mel, um, getting on the right page in that regard um, just communicating is the biggest thing that, that has helped um, get us close and get us on track quicker than later. You're going to get to know Mel a lot more, but you're the kind of pitcher he really enjoys working with. The kind of similarities. He was a sinker ball guy too. Have you been able to pick up on that yet? Yeah, I mean, I we have we have Bronson Royo in common. I mean, he he had him for a year, year and a half over there in Arizona. So I mean, I think the fact that all three of us are fairly similar individuals with our mindsets and how we go to approach things, it's it's uh, it makes it makes it easier to work with and it's definitely for me it, it's kind of a refreshing refreshing time to be able to work with a guy like Mel. You and Arroyo have hair in common too which <laughs> I, you you found plenty of in this team too. Oh yeah I mean it, I'm glad I wasn't alone when I came over here so I could so I could get away with it but uh, I enjoy it once you get to this stage with your hair you don't really want to go back for, for a little while so. Well, you got some challenges. There's some pretty good hair on this team. Oh, yeah. We, we definitely have good hair. Modder's got the straightest pin straight hair, but Gamble and I definitely have competition for him. All right. Game on right there. Hey, when you get into game, one of the things that's been fun to watch is you have that ability. You're obviously a ground ball guy. We haven't seen much of that in Seattle of late. And if there's any trouble to know that you have that and you can go to that, uh, what does that do for you? I guess it adds an emergency pitch for me um, to know that I can give – a little bit sharper of a sinker at times. Um, it's just, yeah, it's something I can emergency use. Um, it definitely takes pressure off when I know I have one pitch that I can can go to when I know I'm in a pinch. One of the things that uh, we get a lot of pitchers here and sometimes, or a lot of catchers here, and sometimes you'll ask, like, Chooch was here. He's caught some great pitchers. Yeah. You've had some great catchers catch you. Yeah. Who, who, uh, what have you taken from a Molina? And there was a little bit of Posey in there and others yeah. as well. I take their creativity um, because each each catcher has kind of their own creative way about calling a game, and each one you can learn a little bit more from. Um, I think I started out actually with Ramon Ramon Hernandez, who was 
solid catcher. I mean, he, he he actually probably started the foundation of my major league pitching as far as learning to stay out of zones, being educated with your pitches, and not not necessarily giving in at times, and and being okay with walks, evolving, getting getting to see Posey. I, I mean, we didn't get to work that much together. It was only a time or two because I had four different catchers when I was over there. Uh, but Yachty was definitely a creative mind that. He had the ability to work in and out and, and get creative with the other pitches. And Mike's going to hit you 600-foot bombs. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was fun to watch. I mean, that was that was as big of a home run as, as you'll see. I mean, it was close to 500 feet. He's a fun guy to watch. And uh, I, I do look I do truly look forward to, to growing our, our relationship. Yeah, I think you're going to find he's a good one. Lastly, a little bit about you personally. It looks like you're a San Diego guy. I am, yep. I'm a, I, I definitely have some West Coast roots in me. Um, it's, uh, it's a nice environment to be in. I mean, I, I do enjoy it. Fantastic. It's great to see you out there. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. Rick Riz last week, a chance to catch up with Floyd Bannister to relive some Mariner moments from the past. And welcome to another special interview as we celebrate 40 years of Mariners baseball, 40th anniversary of the franchise, visiting with the guys who wore the uniform of the Seattle Mariners in the early days and talking with the guys who wrote the history of this franchise. Chance to visit with former Mariner pitcher Floyd Bannister. Floyd grew up here in the Seattle area, the pride of Kennedy High School, and became a Seattle Mariner back in 1979. He pitched for the Mariners for four years. Floyd, first of all, thanks for the time. It's great to see you. It looks like you can still pitch. What do you recall about how it came about you left the Houston Astros and became a Seattle Mariner? How did that happen? Well, first of all, I was uh, playing winter ball. Uh, down in Puerto Rico. I had just finished two seasons with the Astros, and I got the call uh, December 8th, I remember, of, uh, of 78, and it was a great opportunity for me. I thought, hey, I'm going home. I get to go play in my own hometown, so I was really excited and looking forward to it. Uh, it was a great memory, and I, I remember like it was yesterday. What was it like playing before the hometown crowd? Because, like I said, you went to Kennedy High School. A lot of family and friends had a chance to watch you pitch every time you took the mound. It was a blast. I mean, to be able to come back and see Joe Facone, who was my coach in high school, helped us uh, win a, a state championship at Kennedy High School, and and a lot of ball players that basically stayed in the local area and, and got to see them on a regular basis. It was a blast. I mean, it was a dream come true. First of all, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to play in the Mariners organization. You know, it's an honor to be perfectly honest with you to be able to play in the major leagues period i mean it's it's so great it's so few guys get this opportunity that it was special and then to be able to play in my hometown made it even better i'm going to put you on the spot let's go back to 1973 before we talk about 1979 that first year in the mariners uniform do you remember a lot of those guys in your starting lineup uh, on that uh, state championship ball club Certainly do. And, uh, in fact, uh, Pete Lopez, I know he comes to a lot of games here. Tim and Tom Crawley, they come to a lot of games. Uh, oh, yeah, I can, I can remember. And what was amazing is my sister, Linda, she kept every article of the three years I was at Kennedy High School. And then, of course, that Cinderella year when we went off 29-1 and won the first state title for a great man in Joe Facone, a great coach, great mentor. Uh, I mean, what a great experience. It was a Cinderella year. And, and to be able to go back and even reminisce and talk and then see familiar faces as they come back today, it, it's very special. Isn't it with Floyd Bannister? And Floyd, uh, okay, now it's 1979. You're Seattle Mariner after spending the first two years in the big leagues with Houston. What are some of your fondest memories in a Mariner's uniform, Floyd? Well, there's several. I can just name a couple. I remember uh, coming here in Boeing weekend, and we that was the big draw for uh, the Mariners, and we'd always usually play the Yankees. And 
going out, I remember and beating Tommy John 16 to one. That was a lot of fun. And wow. opening day, uh, throwing a shutout against the uh, the Oakland A's, and and of course the pinnacle for me was uh, leading the league in strikeouts in uh, '82 yeah. and uh, getting an opportunity to uh, to play in the All Star game and uh, pitch the fifth inning uh, as a as a Mariner. It was. Fun times, memories that I'll always cherish. Yeah, 209 strikeouts there in the 1982 season. That was special. It was special, and uh, you know, it was one of those years where uh, Steve Carlton was the the leader in the uh, National League. So, and when I see a, a baseball card with me on the other side of a <laughs> of a Hall of Famer like him, it's pretty special for me. What was it like pitching for Daryl Johnson, and also playing in the Kingdom? Well, for playing for Daryl, he was such a veteran. Uh, Manager, of course, he'd come from the Red Sox, where they'd had a lot of success, and then coming over to the Mariners, uh, leading an expansion club. I mean, it was uh, it was a new experience for me. Um, to back it up a little bit, I was two years with Houston, and they were an older club, and I was a young kid coming out of Arizona State who was a somewhat of a phenomenal player, and people thought I could really carry the load. Well, we all know pitching needs defense and needs offense, and. Uh, so to come over to Seattle then and, and try and contribute, you know, it was a real challenge, but I really enjoyed it. You were a young pitcher when he came over to the Mariners organization, and then here comes Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry had been around for forever, future Hall of Famer at that point, eventually won the Hall of Fame in 1991. What was it like being a teammate with Gaylord Perry? Well, he had, uh, he's one of those kind of guys that really had a fun spirit about him. I mean, he was all business come game day, and it was a, it was a great to experience. Uh, you know, me being a uh, starting pitcher and pitching every fifth day, I could observe a lot of things. I could observe what he would do on his in-between starts, how he took care of himself, and then how he focused on game day. I mean, what a competitor. Yeah. And you can go back and look at his early years when he had unbelievable stuff uh, that made him what he is today and what the numbers he put on. But to be able to be there on his 300th win in, yeah. in, in, in the kingdom, was, it was a very special occasion. I was glad to be a part of it. Did he try to teach you the super sinker? Well, he didn't have to try it, <laughs> but that's still a mystery. I know everybody's wondering, what the, hey, what's this thing all about? But I have a pretty good hunch, I think, what is, how it works, and uh, he was uh, very successful using it. Yeah, in that 300th career win, Julio Cruz, I think, had to take a few extra crow hops because he was trying to find the dry side of the ball, Floyd. Well, I can uh, drop a few stories that, that are pretty comical, and uh, yeah, you certainly don't want that thing to slip out of your hand after when Gaylord's pitching. And thank goodness, I guess, for Astros, maybe it cleans a lot of things off, makes the ball nice and uh, smooth and easy to throw. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Kingdom. It was your home for four years. What was it like pitching there? Well, we always knew we were going to play. There was never a rain out, that's yeah. for sure. I mean, that's a, that was a given. But uh, you know, it was one of those things that for me, um, it was tough. Uh, because uh, the dimensions probably were a little smaller than most, um, and I was a bit of a fly ball pitcher, so that was a challenge for me. But uh, it was always uh, great crowds, always fun to come out and play. The atmosphere was pretty consistent, and uh, but I, I enjoy it. We had some great memories and, and some great wins. And I, you know, when I look back, I, I've got some still I've got some great friends of who I played with in those games, or in those teams, like you know Bruce Bakhti and Julio Cruz and. A lot of guys I stay in touch with. I mean, Glenn Abbott's a good friend of mine and family. We got a chance to, I mean, I guess that's, as I, as I retire, especially in 92, I got a chance to come back and see and see a lot of guys. And we share a lot of Christmas cards and things of that nature that really make it fun. I'll tell you what, you made it fun for your four years here in Seattle, 1979 to 1982. Floyd, thanks a lot for sharing those memories, and uh, we appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks a lot, Rick. It's great to be back. Always look forward to seeing everybody here. Fans turning and heading for the exit. So one 0 pitch on the way. Swung on, line drive, left field. But there is Bashori coming in in a hurry. Reaches down and makes a sliding catch to end the game. My, oh my. Whippy Bashori making two outstanding defensive plays 
And friends, Floyd Bannister has become only the second Mariner in history to spin a two-hitter. And he did it by retiring the last 20 men in a row. See you later!